get back focused once again. There's been a lot of distractions. There's been a lot of stuff going on. But we've got to recalibrate. We've got to get back to where it is that God wants us to go. It's many times people say, and I've heard leaders all around the world on different uh, Zoom meetings say, well, we had all this planned and then what happened? Just stuff has happened. There's been things happen in different churches, but it's time to recalibrate, folks. It's time to get our prayers recalibrated. It's time to get our lives recalibrated. It's time to get our vision recalibrated, and it's time to get our faith recalibrated. And more than that, it's time to get our spirit recalibrated because our spirit has to be above the soul. I'll just talk to church this side. Our spirit has to be above the soul. I was talking this morning that the voice of the Spirit has to be louder than the voice of our soul. When we look to the future, we've got to see things according to certain reference points. And those reference points are not us and they're not what society is saying. The reference points we've got to take into account is what God is saying, what God has said. And so the reality is this. This earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This, I'll just talk to church this side. This earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. People sometimes say, how do I know it? Because God said it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. It was good enough for Smith Wigglesworth to say that a hundred years ago. It's good enough for me to say it now. And so, yabo shakai puhunda. I intend to have some fun tonight. If you intend to go to sleep, God bless you. I'll still fill your ears with the Word of God. So, I couldn't find anything to say, so I thought I'd just read a psalm. No, 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 no. But if you want to switch your Bibles on or, to, or open them, whatever you want to do, Psalm 65. And, and just for the sake of uh, chewing up time, I'm going to read the whole psalm. No, it's not like that at all. It's like the whole of Scripture is profitable. The whole of Scripture is profitable. Psalm 65. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you all people will come. Just imagine this for a moment. You who answer prayer, to you all people will come. What a prophetic statement. What a thing for us to be able to just put our lives upon. You answer prayer and all people are going to come to you. When we were overwhelmed with sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. Ah, well, come on, Ha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blessed are those that you choose to bring near. Yeah. See, none of this can be processed through our brain. That's not the place you process the Word of God. You process it through your spirit and let your spirit be stirred and quickened. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth and the furthest of the seas, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it, especially tonight. <laughs> for those of you who enjoyed a little thunderstorm, 
Yeah, it was just interesting coming to church. <laughs> was it interesting coming over the Rimatakas tonight? Yeah, yeah, it was probably high enough to be right in the middle of all the thunder and lightning. God bless you. The streams of God are f- filled with water to provide the people with grain, for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your kabul shunda. Just think of that for 2022. The year is crowned with the bounty of the Lord. I'll just talk to church in the middle this time. (laughs) The year is crowned. It's crowned. What's a crown? A crown is the symbol of authority. The crown is the symbol of uh, an authority higher than anyone else. The year has been crowned with the bounty from God. Now, we had prayer for people who may be struggling financially, and there are people that are doing it. But we don't look at our lack. We look at the fact that God has promised to supply our needs according to His riches and glory. And your carts overflow with abundance. So you know what you should do? Go buy a bigger cart. And if you can't do that, get a trailer at least. I uh, was given a car to drive. For those who are interested in technology, I, I was given a Tesla to drive in Germany um, last weekend to go down to a place and back again. And so they wanted to see my license for the, for the insurance purposes. And then they asked the question when they saw my license, said, what's a pastor doing with every class of vehicle to drive? I said, passing the test to drive? I mean, it doesn't suddenly appear there. I said, You can drive everything. I said, only up to 40 tons. Get a bigger cart. Get a bigger cart. Sometimes we we think too small when it comes to the bounty of God. Ha! We're, We're here in this place tonight, not because the church was rich. We're here tonight because the the bounty of the Lord came. Anonymous checks coming from the community through the mail. The biggest one was 400,000. Anonymous, a bank check through the mail. Not bad, eh? Why? Because get a bigger cut. Hey! You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The hills are clothed with gladness. That's why we live in Belmont. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. What a declaration the psalmist is making of the goodness and the power of God. And there's so many times we forget 
to fill our life with the declarations of the goodness and the power of God. If we're spending more time talking about problems and trying to theologize God rather than just declaring who He is, then we've got a problem. We're not called to try and rationalize God. We're called to declare His power and to declare His goodness, to declare that He's from everlasting to everlasting. There is no one like Him, and we cannot fit His majesty into our pea brain because our brain is not designed to do that. Our spirit is. This psalm is clearly speaking of the glory that is available for every one of us now. There is a glory that we can walk in now. But we have to, in a sense, make sure that our humanity is subservient to the Spirit of God. Because we're to be led by the Spirit. This psalm clearly also encourages us, encourage, encourages us on a revival journey. I look back on my life. It's a bit longer than many of you here. There's some of you that are ahead of me, but that's okay. The reality is this. It's a life of the goodness of God. It's a life of the goodness of God. Has there been challenges? Well, of course. But that's what makes the victories much better. Because... There are some people, they, they seem to spend their life celebrating the challenges. I spend my life celebrating the victories. Because if you celebrate your life trying to celebrate challenges, you're going to not go very far. You won't get out of the challenges. But celebrating the victories, oh, come on. Someone accused me recently of being a bit positive. I said, it's never done me any harm. I have no idea why they would say that. Yes, I do. But look what this says here in the psalm. Praise awaits you, our God, in Zion. What is Zion? Zion is the place of worship. Zion is the place where people forgot about themselves and actually focused on God. And what is this saying? Praise is awaiting you, God. In other words, we, in our praise, initiate an activity from God. Our praise is not just to occupy space and wait for the latecomers in church. Our praise is not to fill in time. Someone was asking me, you know, what have you done over the years? I said, oh, it's been fun over the years because sometimes you just got to mix it up because it's fun. So sometimes we'd start with communion, 10 o'clock, straight up. One time I locked the doors at 10 o'clock and said, right. Someone got so angry with me. They were a person who had even built the church. This is the old Whitey Crescent Church. He got so angry with me. He said, how dare that whippersnapper do that? I'm never coming here again. And as he went to put his key in the car, God clearly spoke to him and said, and how dare you be careless and late for me? He was never late for church again. Habitual lateness is a flaw in people's character. It's just a character issue.
Oh, don't get offended with me. I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> it's because you're not placing a value. Praise awaits for you in Zion. There is something that happens when we say there is a value in gathering together and praising the Lord and not allowing our natural circumstances to start to say, God, when I'm ready, I'll praise you. Instead, you see, I always know when what value people have in life by their priorities. People's priorities reveal their values. Now, I was brought up that if you went at church 10 minutes before it started, you were late. I was brought up that way. When I went to work in the factory, I'd been on a farm. And farm, it's really hard to work to the time clock because the cows and the sheep don't always understand the clock. So I came off the farm and went to work in the factory with a clock machine. That beautiful old-time technology where a card got stamped to say, this is when you came in. And after I'd been there a week, the boss took me aside and said, Seth, I've got to talk about your timekeeping. Now, I had never been late. I was getting to work on a train at that stage. And I could, the train would get into Wingate, and then I could run, and I'd be there, and I'd clock in. I said, I'm not late. And you were allowed two minutes leeway. So we had to clock in by 7.30. If you were 7.32, it was okay. If you were 7.33, you were docked 15 minutes pay. He said, Seth, yes, you are here, but I expect you to be here 10 to 15 minutes before you're due to start work. I was like, Okay. And people can go, that's pretty rough. Praise awaits you, O oh Lord. You see, I don't come to church to get drunk. I come to church to stay drunk. I've never been drunk on alcohol, but his presence. You know, we come with something to give the Lord. We, we, we come ready to give something to God. Well, I do anyway. <laughs> this passage is telling us that our praise opens the door for God to come and dwell with us. And why am I talking about some of these character things? Because character carries the glory of God. God can anoint a donkey. People have said to me, I've got anointing. And I said, yeah, so was a donkey. <laughs> but it's character that carries the glory of God. And by the way, the fruit of the Spirit are all character attributes. Character carries the glory. And when we allow ourselves to be attuned in a different way, what does Psalm 22 say? It says, you inhabit the praises of your people. 
in our journey, said it many times, no one was allowed to pray the prayer as we were pressing in, pressing in, pressing in. No one was allowed to pray the prayer. God, come and visit us. I'd walk across rooms and put my hand around someone's mouth and say, shut up. I'm very pastoral, as you know. And so, because that prayer, I didn't want God to visit us. That was not allowed. Any, every church, any church has visits from God. I wanted Him to dwell with us, to make His habitation with us. And I knew that there would have to be adjustments from us. But guess what? It's been worth it. It's been so worth it. We're here in this amazing facility because God has chosen to dwell with us. To dwell with us, sending in the supplies we needed, sending in the anonymous checks, sending in all that's needed. Because he says, I want to dwell with you. And But there is things that happen when we adjust to him instead of demanding he adjusts to us. Huh. Then it goes on to say in that psalm, Blessed are those you choose. I want to just remind you of what Jesus said. We're not here by accident. We are not here to occupy space and to suck up air. We're not here just to keep the air conditioning plant running. We are here because God himself has chosen us. He's chosen us. He didn't look at our failings and he didn't look at our flaws. He didn't look at what we can't do. He said, I choose you and I'm going to turn you into a fruitful person. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. There's all sorts of ways in which we can live. Our journey is that Deb made some sleeping bags. And the kids grew up. <laughs> Back in the days before you had to worry about car seats and anything else, we had an old station wagon at one stage. It's called Smoky Bear. That was called Smoky Bear because it smoked. And the kids would just be laid in the back of the station wagon go to church and they'd go to sleep under the seats and then we just dragged them home. But we were trying to somehow say, can't do that now. Well, just do what you can. It's just, but there are are things that happen when God says, I see your praise. I see what you're doing so that I can dwell. He's not unmindful, the Bible says, to forget your work and labor of love. And there are things that happen when we say, God, you're more important than my human comfort. There are things that happen when we say, I'm going to put myself ready for you to do something. Of course, uh, back in the days when I'd sometimes be on, on Facebook, and one time I was sitting in the office up there and, and I just got ambushed. It was one of the times when the seat got broken. We're on whatever number seat it is now. This, the, the pneumatic 
up and down. It just, just doesn't seem to hand, handle the glory of God too much. <laughs> the first time it happened, we thought it was the, uh, the guarantee exercise and event. And so eventually it was like, this isn't a guarantee. This is not a workman problem. This is a glory of God problem. And we're sitting there and, and I just wrote, ambushed again. Linda Livingood says, ambush my foot. You stand in the middle of the road. Peter picks up this thought when he says, but you are a chosen people. Now, if that doesn't give you something on the inside, I don't know what will. Do we live in the revelation? We are chosen. People sometimes ask, so why does some of this good stuff happen to you, Seth? And I, my, my only answer is, because God chose me. That's all. Not because I'm a smart eagle. He just chose me. But I embraced his choosing. I embraced his choosing. <laughs> and there's an opportunity tonight for us to embrace that choosing afresh. And to go, oh, come on, God. I'm chosen. <laughs> come on, God. I'm chosen. <laughs> You know what? I am his favorite Seth James Fawcett. <laughs> you say, well, because even that whole issue of looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, there's the disciple that Jesus loves. Some people go, oh, that's a bit, yeah, that's enough, good enough for the Apostle John to say, and write it for all eternity to know the disciple that Jesus loved snuggled up to him. Ha! It's good enough for me to go, ha, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. That doesn't limit anyone else. You can be as well. And so we've been chosen, Peter says, so that we can declare his praises. That's what he says. You were chosen so you can declare the praises of God. You were not chosen so you can be miserable. You were chosen so you can declare. And sometimes we've just got to let our spiritual calling arise above the natural circumstances. And when you're walking through some difficulties, because we all have them, Remember, you've been chosen so you can declare the praises of God. And if that doesn't boil your water, then you need more electricity. And don't forget that Jesus told his disciples, you didn't choose me, I chose you. There's a whole story that goes with that. But the reality is, we're chosen. We're chosen. It's enough to make you walk tall, walk straight, and look the world right in the eye and go, ha, ah, I'm part of the overcoming group. Ha. And then it says, we are filled with the good things of his house. Now, what is that? I don't know. Let's continue to find out. But we are filled with the good things of his house. 
What does He fill us with? He fills us with His love. He fills us with His hope. He fills us with His power. He fills us with Himself. That's not bad. Can we imagine the God of the universe coming and living in this old man? I can. And you're not so old, so you've got, you, you're going to enjoy it longer than I am. <laughs> he starts shaking his head at me. <laughs> he gave me full permission to attack him at any time. <laughs> Didn't, he did. So, I mean, when someone gives you an invitation, you don't ignore it. It's, uh, <laughs> hmm. Sometimes with Beth, I don't wait for the invitation. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Ha! He fills us with the good things of His house. What's in His house? The Bible is very clear. In His dwelling place, in His house. What is there? Oh, there's strength, splendor, and majesty. First Chronicles 16 verse 27 says, Strength and joy are in His dwelling place. Ha! Cool. Shapahunda. Mapuhunda. In a few minutes. We're just going to have a fresh encounter and say, here's, here's a dwelling place for strength and joy to fill. Here's a dwelling place for strength and joy. Because this, is, this temple, this body, is designed to be the dwelling place of God. And, you know, I simply say this, don't waste time participating in the conflict of the human soul versus the spirit. That's just, the Germans have got the right word for it, dumb. In a whole fresh way, let's be the people of praise. And see our lives filled with His good things. See you! Thank you, Paul. The Holy Spirit sent you to church tonight for a very important thing. <laughs> you better be strong. This is getting heavy. <laughs> I was hanging on to the pulpit <clears throat> yesterday at Cleansing Stream, and someone said, you know, you're going to break it. It's withstood a few storms. <laughs> now, it has been broken a couple of times, but <laughs> it's really funny. Some people get worried I might break the pulpit. Look, I'm not. <laughs> it's not mine anymore. It's Paul's problem. <laughs> not this Paul. <laughs> hey! Huh. You see, this is so, 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 so often our prayers and even our praise can be self-focused. 
you know, what are we going to get out of this? Oh, I'll praise you, Lord, because then you'll bless me. That's not what it is. That's still a self-focus. But a, a pro- oh, ah, ah. you're going to be fit by the time we finish. <laughs> by the time we praise, just saying, God, it's not about me. I'm praising you because you're worthy. Suddenly we open the door for all of heaven to do what heaven does best. In so many lives, praise has been ne- 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 <clears throat> neglected because we live our lives with a sole focus. We're taught it from school. We're taught it from everything else. But the Holy Spirit comes and brings a recalibration and says, whoa. No, that wasn't to say, whoa, Holy Spirit. That, was just <laughs> that just got heavy, didn't it? <laughs> oh, you're doing a good job, Paul. Shoo. So we 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 have the choice every day of our lives to praise the Lord. Blessed are those that you bring near that we can praise. Ah, oh. there's a song I. I love to sing. I'm not going to. I'm not going to inflict with it. You with it. But it talks about Paul and Silas, and then the chorus goes. But I will praise the Lord. Paul and Silas, there, all about in the prison. How are you doing, Paul? How are you doing, Silas? Oh well, this is what it is. But their response was, "But I will praise the Lord." But I will praise the Lord. And God is looking for people. Because God wants to pour out His Spirit in this nation. He wants to pour out His Spirit in this region. A hundred years ago, there was a history-making outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Wellington. And I say, God, it's time for another one of those. We're past time for another one of those. Something where just, there's a, there's a, the, the newspapers were writing about the, 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 the things that were happening. The newspapers are filling columns with the stories of people being healed and people being out on the streets and, 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 and people just, just encountering God. We have the choice to fill the atmosphere of the region with the praise that is due to Him. It's cal- recalibration time. What do we know? What does praise do? Well, it opens prison doors. That's pretty good. The psalmist said, bring my soul out of prison that I may praise the Lord. And for some tonight, it might be that there's been limitations just around the way you think, the way you feel, the way your soul acts. But God tonight can bring your soul out of prison so that you can praise the Lord. Praise, the Bible says, brings, brings, brings defeat to enemies. So many stories of that. And like I've said, praise gives you overcoming strength. It is a good thing, the Bible says, to praise the Lord. It actually says it's fitting for the upright. Whoa, (laughs) 
<laughs> what if I'm on the floor? <laughs> Does that make me upright? <laughs> Psalm 33 says, sing joyfully to the Lord. Sing joyfully. Someone said to me recently, ah, but I sing out of tune. It doesn't say, say sing tunefully. It says sing joyfully. Yeah, but I'm not singing because I'm worried about the person next door. Don't let someone else's problem be your problem. <laughs> if they have a problem, you know, when we were growing up, there was this lady in church. She could not sing one note in tune. But did she sing with all her heart to the Lord? She did. She didn't care anything about what the other people thought. She just sang. She's now singing in glory. Maybe she's singing in tune up there. I don't know. <laughs> Psalm 147. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles. He heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds. What's the context? Praising the Lord. Praising the Lord. Whoa, whoa. He, <laughs> you nearly lost me. <clears throat> Our praise can heal a nation. Our praise can heal bodies. I had a couple of words of knowledge this morning. And I had people coming up to me afterwards and say, one lady said to me, your hip, well, my hip was doing fine. What she meant was she was the one. And she felt the power of God when I said it. She felt the power go through. And she said, something shifted. And I said, how's it doing? She said, I'm doing fine. How's your knee doing? She was sitting at the end of the row as Joy was hitting the other end. And suddenly this fire came on her knee. That's what you told me? Yeah. A fire came. That's usually an indication that God's up to something. So who knows if I start at this end of the row, <laughs> whether the fire can hit there tonight. <laughs> Just don't get ahead of the party. <laughs> She's getting red in the face already. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> so can you just be a bit joyful? Because your joy might release her healing. That's what happened. <laughs> who knows? You see, so many times people go, oh, but who knows what your joy can do to release healing for someone else, to release their soul out of prison to release their, whoa. <laughs> Just carry on. It might be someone down over there that's going to get healed right now. But <laughs> just, just, just don't, don't. <laughs> she says, I hate it when you preach, Seth. It's, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. <laughs> So, 
Someone said to me that this apple did not fall far from the tree. But I just remind you that forced joy is still better than genuine depression. And so it's just, it's a good thing to praise the Lord. And sometimes we just get ourselves so caught up in our natural circumstances, we forget the blessings that are promised when we praise the Lord. I mean, there's, there's, there's opportunity. There's, the, the party is growing around here. So any, anywhere, just let, just let healings flow. Who knows what miracles can happen? And you, you can't work this out with, with our natural humanity. But we can believe and receive that praise unlocks the power of God. Praise unlocks the goodness of God. Praise unlocks all sorts of things. So, <laughs> are you doing all right, Shona? It's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to the time when Nathaniel is playing the keyboard and then all we're left with is, nah. <laughs> I said to Beth before church that it's a bit hard for her. I mean, she can only hold the note for so many minutes. I mean, <laughs> whoa. But, but as I think about closing, <laughs> no promises, but the reality is that there's a recalibration that God's wanting. Now, there is a recalibration. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, that one miles close. <laughs> I feel the love, Paul. And so, there's a, there's a, there's Ross, Ross sent me an apology. He said he's not able to get here because his road was blocked and, and he, he tried a couple of roads and, and, and he couldn't get here. So I told him I was going to drink his drink for him. <laughs> yeah. But I just, in this psalm, no, 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 notice that the psalmist says when there's a revelation of the goodness of God, Songs of joy break out. And songs of joy, as Scripture shows, is where breakthroughs come, where nations are delivered, where enemies are defeated. You know, so many people don't understand that joy is God's agenda for victory. Ha! You know, many years ago, Paul, Peter there, he would go for a walk with me on a Sunday afternoon. And we, we were living down by the river and we'd walk around. Peter's job was to get me home. That's true, isn't it, Pete? He did a good job, but it was sometimes a bit hard work. <laughs> but that's not why he has a bad back problem. <laughs> the, the, uh, but as I said... Do we place value 
on the moving of the Holy Spirit? Or is it something that we're just happy to put up with when it happens? We've got to place a value on the moving of the Holy Spirit like never before. It's time to recalibrate. Not placing value on something we understand, placing value on something we don't understand. Because His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts. But we can place value on His thoughts. We can place value on His ways and we can praise the Lord.